Turn to Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Last week it was the family ties. This week is the family feud. Last week was the family ties. This week is the family feud. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. If you don't have a Bible, you can use one in the front, in the pews, because we're going to go to a few other scriptures. If not, you can just look on the screen. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together. I mean, this is some good stuff. I mean, you guys need, <laughs> you guys need to dig in on this, okay? Then Joseph, her husband. You may find that interesting, right? I'm going to bring that out and it'll make more sense in a minute, but... Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. Just a side note, a rabbit trail. I've got a big thing here. When when I go to make a decision, I wait three days. If there's anything I want to do, which there's a lot of things I want to do, I just think about it, that's what I want to do, and then I hit pause and I wait three days. It's amazing how many things I change my mind on. Amazing. Just by putting that one little principle into my life that I wait three days on any big decision. What if Joseph hadn't have waited? Look, look right there at the text. But while he what? Thought on these things. Had he just pulled the trigger and done what would have been justly right? You ever thought about that? What's right now might not be right in three days. That, I think, is worth the whole message right there. That just hit me. Do you understand what I'm saying? What is right for you now might not be right in three days. Something to consider in our fast-paced world, in our drive-through Christianity, right? Let me get a big, how many are just crushing that new classic McDonald deal? Six dollars where you get the Big Mac and the fry and then the apple pie. I am crushed. Anyway, Rufus knows. Let's jump back in. Verse number 20. But, but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, legally, I, don't miss these things, legally, He was tied to the Davidic king. Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. For that which is conceived of her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name, say it. For he shall save his people from their sins. Had he not waited. Mm. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophets, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. And shall bring forth the son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and called his name, say it, Father, we love you. We thank you so much. Holy Spirit of God, we invite you into our presence. From within our hearts, stir us up. Give us what we need individually, Father. Feed your body with your word, the seed. May it grow within our our soil and our lives, Father. May we be different, changed than when we came in. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Family feud. Discovering the details of Jesus' birth. 
There we go. How many of you ever watched the game, the game show? So if you can, if you can consider last week's family tree, family ties, if you can consider what made up this family, can you just imagine the fact that it wasn't all, uh, why did I just think Guns and Roses? <laughs> it wasn't all roses for Joseph. Do you understand what I'm saying? It wasn't all this, I mean, I can only imagine with those four different aberrations in the family tree, I can only imagine what Joseph was thinking. So with all of those uh, family issues that took place, imagine how Joseph felt. And so this, this week's message is not the family tree, it's Mary and Joseph's dynamic. That's, that's what I want to dive into this morning. Mary and Joseph's dynamic, how baby Jesus came, and then we'll talk about the birth next week. But, I mean, how many of you just read this passage of Scripture and your mind just wanders so many different directions? Like, how did this play out? Or is it just me that reads the story and thinks, man, that's just some crazy stuff. Let's just, let's look at it maybe in, in more detail. Discovering the details of the birth of Jesus. I'm just going to try to scoot with you there, Bethany, on, on that. Go to the next slide. Mary and Joseph's dynamic. That's really little. Can you, can you see it? Yeah. All right, cool. Mary and Joseph's dynamic. They were in the betrothal period. What does that mean? Because it says that it was his wife. They were married, right? You see that in the text. But then you also see that he had not what? Consummated the marriage. So does that, I mean, for some in our con- cultural context, we would say that's almost like a contradiction. How is it that they have not slept together and yet they're married, right? I'm glad you asked that question. So uh, the marriage contract had been made and agreed upon by both parties. So in their context, their culture, uh, sometimes the betrothal period was about a year, give or take, on the contract that was drawn up. But this was like serious business. The family, the father, I'm sorry, the, the groom and his family would put down a down payment often to help the bride and her family with the wedding expenses. But that, exactly, the dowry. But the the money that was put down was that earnest money to show that he meant business. What What was the requirement on the bride? The point is, is what was her end of the bargain? But the point is, is Mary's end of the bargain in this dynamic was to remain what? Pure. She was to keep herself as she had already done previously for her entire life. So technically in the contract, the details, when the two families come together, they say, okay, we're going to put down this amount of money. Where is it? Boom, money is put down. The marriage at this point was done. Before the ceremony even happened, contractually they were married. The consummation or uh, them being together physically and the ceremony was, af- was an afterthought. The point of them coming together, and there's so much imagery, there's so much that young people need in that today. You're making a huge mistake if you're not digging into how a marriage should work and how the mechanics should work. Parents, you're making a huge mistake if you're not doing it uh, by the way that we were made and created. Side note, sidebar, rabbit trail, over. The point is, is the contract that was drafted and made was signed. Done. That's the period in which that we see Mary and Joseph. The dynamic 
dynamic of their relationship was, this is a done deal. We are married, and they had not physically been together yet. Then, Joseph or his family have already paid uh, the down payment, and Mary is impregnated by the Holy Ghost of God. For me, I'd have been like, Where's, is Sarah in here? <laughs> or she's, oh, okay, there she is. I'd have been like, uh-huh, sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, it's the Holy Ghost, baby? Exactly, my wife. Her name's Sarah. Thanks, Rufus. Appreciate it. The point is, at, at, this, at this part in the story, you're, you're just saying, like, I can see Joseph saying, you're not holding up your end of the bargain. I worked my whole life. I saved up all that money. And we know that Joseph was a just man. We know that he worked hard. We know they didn't come from money. Why? Because after the, pur- the purification period and they made an offering for the child, it was two turtle doves. If they were a family that had, I think I got that right. If they were a family that had money, at that point it would have been a sheep. It would have been a lamb that, that was sacrificed. But you see, even in their sacrifice for Jesus, it was a humble sacrifice. A humble beginning. He worked hard. He held up his end of the bargain. And the dynamic here is that she, she is impregnated by the Holy Ghost of God. I just want to stop for a second and say, in this family feud, you had to know that this was going to be a problem. How many of you would have even stewed on it for a couple of days? Uh-uh. I mean, I, I joked about the Mari show last week, I think it was. I'd have been like, all right, you're taking three pregnancy tests, boom, just to make sure. And then I'm outsies. <laughs> Holy ghost to God, that's some stuff right there. I'm just saying, I'm trying to put myself in, in this family feud, in his shoes, in this dynamic. I don't know that I would have reacted the same way that Joseph did. I mean, many of us could say, okay, buddy, if that's how you're going to cope with it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. You just keep telling yourself that it was the Holy Ghost baby. <laughs> She's been eyeing up the pool boy for months. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. That's not how it works, Joseph. She's in a contract, and the only thing she has to do is not get pregnant. And it'd be one thing if it's your baby, but it ain't. And he knew that. How many of us would have never made it to Christmas? Do you understand? These messages are what's leading up to his birth. I'm sorry, I probably wouldn't have made it to Christmas, Joe. You know what I'm saying? I'd have been like, okay. This just probably isn't going to work. It's probably not. Baby mama. No, I'm kidding. But it did work. Now, the word of God is no good if it doesn't come into your heart and change you this morning. When we stop right here in the text and we know what the dynamic is, and she's impregnated by the Holy Ghost of God, we all have to stop and just put ourselves into this story. And hopefully we'll walk away today different than when we came. If we could all agree right now, yeah, I probably would have ended the contract, ended the relationship. Because he's the one who had the ability to do so. Because he held up his end of the bargain. Do you understand? So, what about you? How would this continue Please don't raise your hand. You're just distracting me. It's okay. Tomorrow, you can sit right there and raise your hand all you want. 
Do you understand that he had that, and this is scary, he had that control in this situation to end it. That's pretty weighty. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, are in a situation where you have the control. You could end something in your life tomorrow that would be a really big deal. I'm just trying to bring weight to the situation. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's a relationship with a child. That's the hard thing. We were created in God's image, in God's likeness, and we're raising families or communities, and we're making big life decisions within those communities. And how many of you, how many of you are doing those big life decisions without prayer and without Scripture? Joseph could not have tackled this decision had he not been, next slide, had he not been a just man. This would have been the picture of his family. Joseph was done. Let's look back at the text just to anchor us here in the story. Look at verse number, verse number 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. That means that he was what? Going to divorce her. He was going to put her away. He loved her, so he wasn't going to make a public example. I mean, he could have gone to the nth degree of even having her killed. Making her a public example. Not wanting to do that. Wanting to put her away privily, handling this private matter, this family feud. And he said, I'm just going to divorce her privately. That's the situation. That's where he is. Go to slide number four. And thank God, Joseph had a dream. Look at the text there. Verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. The the way the text forms this story is it wasn't until after this conversation that he woke up. So that leads us to believe that this whole conversation took place in his what? Sleep. Joseph lays down. In his mind, he's reached his end point and the divorce was inevitable. I've settled in my mind. I'm a just man. I I don't want to bring anything on her Uh, that hasn't already been brought to light. He knows that he's going to have to handle this situation because other people know that he's in this contractual agreement, especially his family, right? Think about the implications. They've signed the dotted line. They know the ceremony isn't happening until this point, which means they're not going to consummate their marriage until this point. And she's great with child. What does that mean? She's going to get bigger. How am I going to handle that embarrassment? Yeah, we're putting her away. Yeah, 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 this isn't going to work. But she says it's the Holy Ghost. I'm inclined to believe her. I mean, am I crazy? She's always been a good woman. She's always, I mean, she has her faults, but never like this. She always thinks clearly. She, she's a great woman, and she's beautiful. I'm just going to sleep on it. And thank God an angel comes to him in his sleep. And he has a dream. The Bible says even that God uses dreams to even speak to young and old men. Through the years, God has always used dreams. And angels are nothing more than messengers of God. Joseph, knowing this, once again being a just man, he says, 
if this angel is telling me this is what I'm supposed to do, then this is what God is telling me I should do. If you're into spirits and angels and some of those things, realize that an angel's place is to only tell you what the Bible says. An angel is only a messenger, not the originator of a message. That's why Satan is in the predicament that he's in. Just a sidebar. So we find that he's here in this dream. Once again, we, we want to draw some, some really good, solid applications from this story today. But just to recap, Mary impregnated by the Holy Spirit. Joseph was going to divorce her in private. Joseph had a dream. Joseph was counseled in that dream by the angel to keep Mary as his wife. Interesting. Joseph was instructed to call his son's name Jesus. Joseph was told that whoops, Joseph was told that he was a part of a bigger plan than just his family. Joseph was determined to obey the angel because he believed that God truly was using his life for a greater good. Look at the text. Go down to verse 21. And he shall bring for, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their what? Sins. Sins. We have to get to the point where we're okay with God using us for his bigger plan. Three things I want to show you from this story this morning. Go to the first one, Bethany. Verse 19, the Bible says that then Joseph, don't worry about going to the text, you can just put that slide up there. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man. We have to prepare today for tomorrow's problem. It's just the first one with uh, Mr. King in it. We have to prepare today for tomorrow's problem. There's been people in our own culture that have had dreams. That have had things that they wanted to see come to fruition. But what do I see in this dream that brought our Savior to the world? I see someone that was just while he was having that dream. What's the first thing that we can learn from this Christmas story? That we have to prepare today for tomorrow's problem. We already talked about it. What if Joseph wasn't just? What if he wasn't centered in God's word? Church, I believe that God's got some huge things for 2019. But he also has some huge problems for you. They're a part of his greater good, his greater plan. I mean, I'm thinking of you, Mikey. You never know what's going to happen. Your whole life could change in one car accident, one health issue, one marital struggle. In, our, in this room, it could change in a moment. Are you ready for that? If Joseph was sitting here today, and I just kind of had my arm around him, and he was able to say, you know what? It was during those moments that I just leaned heavy on my relationship with my God. I knew that he had it. I knew that he was going to take care of it. I didn't want to believe it about her. I knew that that our relationship was going to be special, but after he met with the angel, 
It was beyond his wildest dreams, right? But before he ever got to the dream, he had to prepare today for tomorrow's problem. (laughs) We often think about the birth of Jesus as the greatest gift. And we skip the part where it was Joseph's greatest problem. His whole, life, his whole life saving up for that moment. Let's just sit in that for a minute. Without raising a hand, how many of you have had a big reversal, a big issue like that in your life? Maybe even recently. I said without raising your hand, Rufus. How are you dealing with it? How are you dealing with that? He dealt with it from the Word of God. This was the prophecy foretold. He leaned heavy on the fact that the pastors in the past, the walk with God that he had just so anchored himself to, was was using him to bring it about. How many times do we just absolutely not prepare for the problem that is tomorrow? And then we just find ourselves in a big fat mess. Last night, Sarah comes, <laughs> Sarah comes up the stairs. She says, she's got that look on her face. And I'm like, oh, Lord, here we go. <laughs> what next? <laughs> she's like, there's raw sewage on the basement floor. <laughs> I was like, yes, this is great. Just kidding, I didn't say that. We've already cut up our carpet, ripped it out. We're you know, going to put new flooring down because our sump pump backed up, what was that, two weeks ago or three weeks ago? And now, raw sewage, great! This is awesome! I prepared for today's problem yesterday. I don't have any more carpet on my floor to soak up this, these awesome things that are everywhere. This is awesome! I don't mean necessarily preparing that way, but... Financially, are we putting money away in savings for those great moments that always happen in a homeowner's life, right? No, I just called Mike Horn, my my plumber, and I said, bro, I need help. He's like, I'll be there Monday. I'm like, cool. (laughs) That was it. I prepared that relationship for such a time as this. We never know what's going to happen or even why. Look at the second thing. Can we prepare today for tomorrow's issue? God doesn't just speak through dreams. He speaks into nightmares. Look at verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. Let's let's think about this from Joseph's perspective once again. When he was having a dream, wasn't it more like a nightmare? Wasn't it more like something that he never thought he'd ever have a dream about? We're quick to say, I have a dream, or I have a vision. It's often that God is fulfilling our dreams in our nightmares, not in our dreams. You can't miss that. I know I'm being somewhat sober today, instead of running around hanging from what lights we do have on our ceiling. But I think it's important to see the weight, the gravity of this situation. The only way he made it through is because he prepared yesterday for today's problem. He was a spiritual prepper. How many like to watch those prepper shows? Come on. I got a couple of you in here. Armageddon's coming, friend. 
And I, I, got, I got 10 years worth of dry food down there to hold me over. Come on. I got gas stored. I, did, I dug a huge container in my backyard. I lowered it down and covered it over with dirt. I've got three uh, M16s ready. I'm just kidding. I'm just making this whole thing up. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, I'm coming to his house if it goes down. You know what I'm saying? I do need those. The point is, is preparation should be made. And when you enter into a nightmare, understand that God speaks into that. God doesn't just speak through dreams. He speaks into nightmares. So what does that mean, Pastor Matt? For Joseph, it meant this. He had a dream. It was a dream, not a nightmare. God doesn't just speak through dreams. He speaks into nightmares. When you find yourself into that situation that you just cannot get over, you just, in your mind, you cannot find a way out. He will speak into that nightmare. He will speak into that. He will make that into something beautiful. Something that you will one day look back and go, He meant it all for His good. Now I understand Romans 8.28. Now I understand God's calling. It, It was not without pain. It was not without heartache, but he spoke right into that thing. He doesn't just speak through dreams. Church, we are not a church that, that is going to look at 2019 and I can easily do this and say, Oh my goodness, I've got these huge dreams. I've got these huge visions. And, and in your marriage with your children, it's like all we can do in this culture, and it drives me nuts, is only speak to the positive. Everything is positive thinking. The power of that and raising it up within yourself. And what happens when our kids don't get into that school? What happens when we don't get into that college? What happens when financial reversal happens? When a relationship ends? That's not God. We've separated baby Jesus from all of those problems that we have in our life. I'm sorry, but that's not the way the story went. The angel spoke into his nightmare and created a dream. It's time we stop seeing our life's nightmares as something that is not with God, but it is a part of God. I'm not the the prosperity preacher. That's not me. I'm not going to stand up here and say, just follow God, everything's roses. Oh, you're having financial trouble? Let me help you. Put another dollar in the plate and he'll give you two on the way home. Magically, your car's not running? Come on in here. Put ten in the plate. I'll pray over you and I promise it'll start on the way home. Oh, it didn't start? You must have sin in your life. God bless you. That's not me. How many of you know that junk exists? Come on. And they're so good at it. Their cars never broke down. They're never on the side of the road. They're at the car wash on their Canton Car Wash membership. They don't even know what it's like to have dirt on their car. Are you kidding me? If you want to know what it's like, please just go get in my truck. It's a hot mess. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I'm going to get there. Pray for me. I promise I'm going to get there where where I have a clean vehicle. The point is, God does not just deliver through dreams. He delivers through nightmares. We're so quick to say, the angel of the Lord came to Joseph in a dream and told him his name's going to be Jesus. Do you understand that this man went to bed thinking he was getting a divorce? 
Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Church, this is where the rubber meets the road in your faith. This is where substance is built. This is where relationships are carved into the cornerstone of our church building. Not through excess. Not through something that you think is going to come true. But through something that you think is not coming true. Through something that you're having such a hard time dealing with. That God takes that problem and makes it the solution. And brings your relationship with Him to another level. He doesn't... Speak. (laughs) Just speak through dreams. Woo! You switched it on me. He doesn't just speak through dreams. He speaks into nightmares. Let's look at the last one. God uses people to accomplish His work, and His work is always a work that saves people. What do I see here? Joseph understood when God spoke into his nightmare that he was now the one Bringing the promised Messiah into the world. Joseph said, oh my goodness. He swallowed hard, I'm sure. No divorce is going to happen. This marriage relationship cannot be separated. My son, legally, not physically, is literally going to save his people from their sins. Church and the world. He is going to save the world. God uses people, a.k.a. Joseph, to accomplish His work. And His work is always a work that saves people. That My wife and I have been talking about this. You can leave it right there, Bethany. My wife and I have been talking about this a lot lately. This, there's an article going around about abuse in churches. I don't know if you've seen that on Facebook. Abuse in churches. Heinous crimes. Things that ought not be in a lost person's home, much less in a home that pretends to know the Lord. It's ridiculous. And I'm sure that there's been someone affected in your family or you go down the line or one of your friends. It's it's crazy. People in this day and age that use God's work to build themselves. People that use God's work to build their pockets. We already talked about that a little bit. But that's the root of the problem. I go so many directions with this. But to remain on point, what is God's work in your life? How is it being accomplished? Here's what I mean. We've been coming to church for a year, and this is the result. I've been walking with God faithfully for 10 years, and this is the result. What is the result of God's work in people's lives supposed to be according to the word of God? And his work is always a work that what? Saves people. It's about souls. (laughs) It's not about, at the end of the day, it's not about your happiness. Your happiness will be a byproduct God's people are the happiest people when they're doing God's work. As soon as that work becomes self-serving, the joy goes out the window. Consume. We're a consumer-based society, correct? I watched a, a thing on Facebook this week from John Chris, the comedian, 
VR church, virtual reality church. How many of you saw that? You need to look that stuff up. He has virtual reality church. He's like, no worries about being on time ever again. You just roll over and put your VR headset. You can stand. You don't even have to get dressed. No worry about your outfit. You can select the skinniness of your worship leader's jeans. You know, like, is this virtual reality church, right? You put the headset on and you don't like this type of message. Just pick a feel-good message, <laughs> And the, the funny thing with this whole skit thing is that there is so much truth in it. We've lost sight of God's work in our lives. At that moment, that pivotal moment in Joseph's dream, before he woke up, he had a decision to make. Am I going to let God work in my life, or am I going to work in my own life and go ahead and divorce? Take, take this story and apply it to your own life. What is God trying to accomplish in your life? What is it? And measure up whether or not you're submitting to that or if you're just creating your own way. Is this hitting home at all? No? Okay. All right, we'll try again next week, okay? <laughs> Verse 22. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. She shall bring forth a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which interpreted God with us. (laughs) Then Joseph, being raised from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him. And he took unto him his wife. Watch this. And knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. Not only did he say, not my will, but thine be done, he continued living as the just man that he was before he ever had this moment in his life. The just shall live by what? Faith. Faith. We've already talked about that. That's in a past message just a few weeks ago. Are you using God's problem that he put in your life as an excuse now to live the way you want to live? See, it's not enough. It's not enough to get you to the problem and to accept the problem, but you have to live through the problem. Yeah, yeah, I get it. The problem's going to make it to the prayer group, and we want that. I'm shutting it down. Stay with me. We're here for each other to bear one another's burdens. But don't get me wrong. When you walk out that door, he's in the yoke with you. He has asked you to carry the cross. He has asked you to follow him. And Joseph said, I'm not even going to physically be with her, even though at this point, I could. Dude was next level. Are you willing to go through what God wants you to go through? Then get ready for the problem. Get ready for the nightmare. But it's okay. Because God just doesn't give dreams. He speaks into nightmares. And then from there, God will accomplish his work through you. You just have to be willing and allow him to do that. Not just for lip service. How many many of you know that there's 
there's always that Christian, right? There's always that one that comes in telling how bad their week was or, right, how awful things are. Really, they're just wanting sympathy. They're just wanting the... The Bible says that the Pharisees have received their reward. It was when people were open and, and you know, they, they prayed at the altar like this to God, right? They got their reward. In other words, their reward is that people think they're spiritual. Our reward should be God accomplishing his work through our lives. And that is by souls. Using us to reach a lost and dying world that is so much bigger than us. Why? That's how we received because of the gospel. It's time that we pull up our gospel bootstraps a little bit and say, you know what? I'm not just in this thing with God for myself. I'm in this thing with God for the sake of the gospel, the whole world. Joseph had to do it. Are you just going to be like the kid on Christmas morning? Opening the presents? Or are you going to be the Christian that pays for the presents? There's things to do. There's things to do, church. There's a world lost and dying going to hell. Are you still hoarding your presents? Or are you wrapping the present for other people to open? Joseph said... Hashtag, let's do this thing. Every head bowed, every eye closed. The family feud that brought Jesus into this world. What an incredible story. Where do you stand? Maybe you're in a nightmare right now. (laughs) If you're sitting here today, no one's looking. And you say, Pastor Matt, I had a dream. And it's turned into more of a nightmare. Can you pray for me that God will speak into my situation and that he will give me faith to make it through? Raise my hand. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise my hand. Pray for me, Pastor Matt. I want to pray for you. Are you going through something and you need God to speak into it? Raise your hand. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. And another. Got it. Absolutely. Yes, another one. And another one. Come on. He will speak into your problem, into your nightmare. He wants to make something beautiful of it. What does he want to do? He wants to use you. He wants to use you to accomplish the gospel in your own life. Maybe you've had your own plan. Maybe you've had your own thing going this whole time and you've never submitted to Jesus. He's tried over and over. He's been knocking on your door. He's been saying, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. Why don't you do it my way? And he keeps bringing you around and he keeps putting you through the same old thing and you just keep doing your own thing. Listen, listen. Let him take control. Joseph had the plan, but he submitted to God's plan. If that's you this morning, you say, Pastor Matt, I just want to submit. I'm done dealing with it and I'm surrendering to God this morning I want him to take control over my life here's my hand yes there's people in this room right now getting breakthrough that's what it's all about come on I just need you to pray right there right in your seat 
Just give it to God, whatever it is. I know it's heavy. I can see it on your face. God, here it is. Speak into my nightmare. Do something amazing with my life. Pray about that. Solidify that in your hearts. If you're sitting here today and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ at all, and you don't even know that if you died, you'd go to heaven, I want to pray for you. If you you don't know that you're saved, I want you to raise your hand and I want to pray for you. Pastor Matt, I don't know if I died, I'd go to heaven. Can you pray for me? Here's my hand. Here's my hand. Can you pray for me? By our testimony, we're all saved. We've all put our faith and trust in Jesus. Why don't we let him work? Just pray right there in your seat. If you want to come down to the altar, you can. But I see you doing hard work.